Hey listeners, your host, Denny Corby here. If you're new to the channel, I just want to let you know that this particular episode is from the vault with our OG host, Gabe, and this is just good old fashioned Private Club Radio. Enjoy. Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Once again, Private Club Radio has been a, been a crazy 2020. As you know, I had to take the show monthly for a while just because of time constraints. Had my kids uh, e-learning and now they're hopefully going back to school here in a week or two. So we're going to get back to our weekly format. And we wanted to start it off with a bang. So I've got an awesome guest coming on, Henry Wallmeyer from the National Club Association. He's going to be talking about the 2021 outlook for private clubs. We're going to talk about what's happening in D.C. There's a ton of crazy craziness happening in D.C. and also in Georgia. Today. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about what's happening in Georgia and what they think at the end is going to happen uh, today. So it's going to be really, really fun. And what makes this format different for Private Club Radio is you're going to have the chance to ask myself, Henry, whoever our guest is each week, live questions in real time. So I think it's going to be a really, really fun platform for us. The podcast will always be there. So if you catch us on the live stream, which we hope you do, you'll always have a chance to, to either watch the video replays on our YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash private club radio, or you can always listen to the podcast if you're used to listening to podcasts on your way to work or however you consume it. One way or the other, we are so happy that you're here. I want to just make a couple of different announcements uh, before we bring Henry on. First of all, I want to talk about some of our awesome sponsors here in 2021, people that make this show possible. Uh, and first, I want to talk about Restream. Restream is the platform I'm using right now for this broadcast to go out, syndicated to all the different networks. It's a, it's a software I've been using for the last three months, even before they came on as a partner, and I absolutely love it. Uh, if you are interested in doing Restream for your club, which I think is an incredible way to stay connected to your members, um, some of your members might use Facebook, some of your members might use YouTube, some of your members might use LinkedIn or Twitter or these other platforms that exist. This is a way to really connect them all and to be able to participate. You could have tips from your pros, you could have your chef, you could have any sort of club education happening via Restream. It's an incredibly powerful platform. Privateclubradio.com slash Restream will get you 50% off. Um, so highly recommend you check them out. But thank you, thank you to Restream, who's making Private Club Radio possible in 2021, alongside of our awesome partners that have been with us for, for many years. Concert Golf Partner, uh, one of the leaders in providing capital solutions for private clubs, 22 clubs strong nationwide right now. Peter Nanula and his team, awesome people who have supported this show for four years now. Uh, so big thanks to Peter. Uh, and, and Concert Golf Partners for being a part of Private Club Radio again here in 2021. The National Club Association, we're about to hear from Henry. They've been a par partner of this show as, as well for four years, uh, and they do incredible work going to battle in D.C. Uh, to talk about legislative issues for the private club industry on our behalf. So many, many thanks to what Henry is doing. And our newest sponsor, Capstone Hospitality, who provides sales and marketing solutions for private clubs. They can literally come in and run a sales and marketing program for you. They bring in their team. They do a wonderful job. So Brian Friedrichs, you'll hear from him later this month on the show as well. Um, Capstone Hospitality, big thanks to them. So 
these it's really exciting times here at Private Club Radio. All sorts of new things happening, new things changing. Uh, hopefully, you've got a new outlook for 2021 as well, wherever you're at. I know there's some some tough things happening over to our friends in the UK. I know a lot of folks from the UK listen to this show, and I know that um, some tough times uh, still lay ahead, really there and in other places as well. But I think we all are starting to see that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm I'm really excited and and bullish on 2021's prospects. And I think Henry, our guest, will be as well. Um, once again, another reminder, if you have a question for Henry at any time during this live stream, let, let us know, uh, and I will do my best to get that question into the mix. Um, all right, so before we bring Henry on, just one last announcement to talk about our upcoming guests. We've got uh, Tony Shibayama, who has put together this beautiful new book called The Big Game Playbook. I'm reading this book as we speak. We'll have her on next week. Um, that's going to be the 12th. Uh, by the way, all new live streams moving forward will be 10 a.m. Tuesday, which time you're watching this right now, 10 a.m. Eastern at 7 a.m. Pacific. Our friends in the U.K., that's uh, 3 p.m. in the U.K. Um, so 10 a.m. we'll be hearing from Tony Shibiyama this week uh, or next week, rather, on the 12th. We've got Leighton Walker um, from the U.K. going to give us an update on what's happening in the U.K. with private club industry that's happening on the 19th. And then we've got fan favorite michael crandall cng his book is right here behind me uh the abcs of plutonium private club leadership um he will be on private club radio on tuesday the 26th of this month so really exciting action-packed guests coming i believe robert srechi will join us in february just an awesome lineup of all-stars coming back on private club radio but without further ado we're going to bring on our featured guest of the day mr henry wallmeyer from the national club association Henry, welcome to Private Club Radio Live, man. Oh, thank you, Gabe. It's great to be here. I'm excited to be your first guest. And the nice thing is, after uh, after me, you're going to go up in terms of all the guests that you're having, all those you just listed. So uh, thanks for getting me out of the way and uh, looking forward to uh, to being on this, but then also looking forward to watching the future ones and uh, and seeing how this transpires. I wish nothing but the best for you in this new uh, endeavor and format. Thank you. You're very humble, but uh, we wanted to start things off 2021 with a bang. That's why we wanted you on. So uh, we're all excited to hear what you have to say, Henry. Let's talk first about what's happening in Georgia. That's that's It's Tuesday as we talk about this live. Uh, there's a runoff election happening. What's happening there? Uh, exactly. It's it's Tuesday, January 5th. So that means it's election day, right? <laughs> um, it, it's uh, an interesting uh, election and an interesting year of what 2020 was. And so there are two uh, runoff elections in Georgia today for the Senate seats. Uh, neither uh, candidate uh, received a majority uh, in the November elections, and so uh, they're now down to two candidates. Um, the uh, two Republicans are incumbents, um, and the interesting thing about these races is the balance of the Senate will uh, will hang on who wins these races. Um, and because right now it is, uh, you know, there's 50 Republicans and 40 Democrats. Um, Speaking with Joe Trogger earlier today, who's our uh, vice president of government relations, he thinks that uh, both incumbents, both Republicans, will uh, win the uh, the elections in Georgia, which means it would be a Republican-controlled Senate of 52 to 48. Um, he seems to think this because the uh, the Democratic candidates did not do that well as compared to Biden, uh, you know, in the uh, November elections, and he doesn't think that um, you know they would do any better in the uh, in the runoff. Uh, but with that said, you know, there's the um, the BLN votes, uh, you know, which could be a, an X factor into the mix. 
so we'll see. Uh, but that's what we're uh, projecting right now from, from NCA and, and from Joe Trotters that uh, the Republicans will win both of the, uh, the seats in Georgia uh, and that, um, uh, you know, the, the Republicans will maintain majority in the Senate. Um, you know, the nice thing was that prediction before all the pundits. That's <laughs> danger. <laughs> Like it was a crazy election night where it's really election week. Exactly. And since, uh, since we're taping this, we're going to be posted later on. I want the right to be able to come back and change my answer. If, uh, <laughs> if the results that we see on Wednesday morning are different than, uh, than what we're predicting right now. That's, that's, you had some uh, wild stuff happening deep in DC where you guys are, where the national club association is. Tell us what's happening there. Yeah, even, you know, again, it's the, the election that, that won't go away. Um, you know, they're they're certifying the Electoral College tomorrow here in D.C. on, on January 6th. Uh, but basically, uh, the entire city uh, streets are all shut down between the Capitol and the White House uh, today uh, for, for rallies, uh, for pro-Trump rallies that are happening. And, and I would normally be in uh, in my office uh, right in downtown D.C. At, at 15th and M, which is you know, four or five blocks from the uh, the White House, but uh, with no way of, of getting anywhere close to my office. I'm working from the uh, the home office today, but it's just it's just one more example of just what a, a incredible you know year 2020 was. You know, which culminated with the uh, the election at the at the end of the year. That this is this is still going on. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the, the Georgia elections being over uh, today. I'm looking for, you know, the uh, the certification of uh, President-elect Biden and, and, and President-elect Harris, Vice President-elect Harris, so that we can, you know, move on and 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 ideally get to work, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for the people and and ideally make sure that we're representing uh, in private clubs the best that we can. Do you guys think that will it, will it be like election week where, where we don't hear the results of Georgia? Are they counting the ballots um, after the fact? Have they started counting these mail-in ballots? What's going on there? Uh, they have. Uh, we anticipate that we'll know the election by uh, by Wednesday morning. Um, since it is just you know one state, they have them all there. Um, and being a uh, you know a, a runoff election, the the turnout's not going to be as high as it was during the general election, so there won't be as many to count. So we we do anticipate that we'll know the results by Wednesday morning. Awesome. We just were joined by uh, Steve Colton of Encore Golf. Steve is a um, sponsors of my Let's Play Through show. So, Steve, thanks for joining us. Um, if you've got a question, anyone who's watching this has a question in real time, I'm happy to feed it to Henry. But again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about really the 2020 out 2021 outlook for private club industry. Um, so, if you're if you're at a golf club, a yacht club, city club, and you're interested in what's happening in 2021, we've got the right person to talk about it. So. Steve, thanks for joining us. Um, let's talk about uh, the new administration um, with with Biden. Obviously, the uh, Democratic administration coming in. How do you guys feel about that, and how do you think that that's going to affect what you guys are doing in D.C., Henry? Um, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> we're, it, it's going to be different because I think we're going to be playing a lot more defense uh, with this administration than we were doing with the previous administration. Um, you know, again, a lot is going to depend on what happens in Georgia. Um, and I know we've talked about that a lot, but I can't overstate uh, the importance of, of those two elections there. Um, because, you know, if Georgia, uh, were to be won by, by the two Democrats, then you're looking at the Senate that is tied 50, 50, but, uh, vice president uh, Harris would have the, um, the tie breaking vote. So in essence, the, 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 Dem the Senate's uh, Senate would be controlled by Democrats house would be controlled by Democrats in the administration. And so there just is a checks and balances there that, um, you know, that we think would make for 
um, you know, the, the most opportune uh, environment for uh, for clubs uh, that we could possibly have. Um, so if there is a, uh, you know, Republicans are in control of Senate, there is that checks and balances, you know, which is good. Um, and I think uh, James Madison referred to it as necessary fence, um, you know, talking about the, the, the fickleness of the House when you, when you have that uh, different party in the Senate and the House. And so you know, that's what, you know, we're looking for. But the administration, um, we think a lot's going to happen on the legislative, I'm sorry, on the regulatory front. Um, and, and I'll get to the legislative in a second, but the, the regulatory front, just because, um, you know, a lot of things that uh, the, the, the Obama administration put into place, uh, the Trump administration uh, removed or changed, but we're going to see the uh, the Biden administration try to try to put those back into place. Um, you know, and some of those orders of the state, those sorts of things, Henry. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're looking at uh, independent contractor status, uh, where that was, uh, you know, big. That is a big one. You know, or people considered employees or independent contractors. Um, overtime, you know, that was another huge one, especially hurting our industry, all hospitality industries where, you know, folks are working a whole lot more during the busy months and the seasonal time than, uh, you know, than other times. So, you know, that's something we're going to have to look at again and, and potentially, you know, fight, um, you know, union elections, you know, ambush or union elections are, are looking like something that's, you know, could be difficult, you know, for clubs if they have to deal with those. Uh, but then absolutely, like you said, on the environmental side, you know, waters, waters, the U.S., um, you know, also herbicide, pesticide. Um, you know, fungicide, regulatory actions, you know, those, those types of things uh, where, you know, we had administration that was supportive of, of you know, the private club uh, issue, um, you know, our, our side, you know, our, our, our look at it uh, is probably not going to be supported by this administration. Yeah. Well, uh, I know you guys will be going to bat one way or the other, and uh, it's a good thing that we've got you on our corner, <laughs> no matter who's, who's sitting in the White House. Um, Let's talk about some of the um, specific legislation that you guys are working on here in 2021 and how that affects clubs. Um, yeah, and, and and this was great. And you know, when you know, mention uh, Joe Trogger, uh, our VP of Government Relations, who uh, I'm sure you know, would be great to have on. You know, uh, as you move forward with this, to really get into the the, the nuts and bolts of, of everything that we're going, and as well as you know, once the uh, you know the, the new House, the new Senate, and, and the new legislative session gets going. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting because. And one of the things that Joe's done in his couple of years he's been here is he's broadened our reach, uh, NCA's reach across uh, the aisle. Um, you know, so we've, you know, had the opportunity to support both Republicans and Democrats in the, the 2020 election cycle, which was uh, something we had never done before. So we're, we're very proud of that. Uh, but more importantly, it, it got us, um, you know, some supporters uh, on the Democratic side. Um, you know, a quick example is a uh, representative Dan Kildee out of Michigan. Uh, we, we featured him in a, a club director article. Uh, and actually also had him on one of our webinars that we did during uh, during the throes of, of the COVID pandemic, um, talking about, you know, you know, his support of clubs and, um, you know, and some of the things, the legislation that we were looking for, uh, you know, and so, so that's been great. So, you know, when, you know, we say that, you know, oh, it's, you know, Democrat controlled House, Republican controlled Senate, Democrat administration, that doesn't mean that we're just not going to be able to work or, 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 or won't try to get things done. Uh, you know, we will. Uh, and we're in an even better position right now to do it than we were, you know, um, you know, before Joe, Joe came on board. And so that's, you know, that, that's a great thing. And, you know, one of the things that we are specifically going to work on is, is the Fed Act. Um, you know, you might be familiar with this. I think we've talked about it before. It's been around for a couple of different, um, you know, sessions now. And, you know, in Congress, when, uh, you know, when you get a brand new session, like we just started on, on Sunday, any bills are introduced in the last session, you know, nothing happens to them. So you've got to uh, reintroduce them again in, uh, in the new session. 
And so the, the FIT Act will be reintroduced. Uh, and for those of you who may not know, this is a, an act that would allow you know, individuals you know, and couples uh, with, with HSAs or, or health savings accounts um, to use up to you know, $1,000 or, or $2,000 respectively uh, towards fitness-related activities and equipment. Uh, you know, this is a, a, a way to try to be proactive in, in folks' healthcare instead of using that HSA money to, to pay for a doctor visit or something like that. It's okay, well, let's use this HSA money to, to get people active, to get them in shape. And so, you know, the nice thing about this is, you know, it, it can be used for, you know, things in the, the pro shop, in the golf pro shop or the tennis pro shop at a club. It can be used for golf clubs. It can be used for golf lessons. It can be used for, um, you know, shoes. Um, so anything else, uh, specific to that uh, uh, sport, uh, you can use those HSA dollars for it. And then the, the other great thing is that, you know, parents can use it for their children's uh, activities, whether it's, you know, lessons uh, or, yeah. you know, tournament fees or, or things like that. So, uh, and that's a, something that's had bipartisan support. Um, yeah. And so, you know, again, that will be introduced. You know, I, I, I don't want to predict on that when we think anything like that might be, uh, you know, passed or, or what we see. But, you know, we know that, you know, we're going to continue to work on it along with others in the, uh, in the golf industry. Um, and so we'll see where, um, you know, things like that go, but, uh, that's, that's one specific thing that, that we're going to be working on that we think, you know, could be beneficial for, um, uh, you know, for the entire industry and, uh, and should be something that should be supported by both sides of the aisle. How long does it take for legislation for someone like me who doesn't really understand the inner workings of what's going on at the Capitol? I know the FIDAT's sort of been on the table for a better part of a year, maybe more. Um, how long does it really take to get these things passed, Henry? And, and what, what's, what goes on behind the scenes, um, to make, to make these things happen? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, but the, the short smart allocate answer would be, it depends on the importance of the bill, because sure. like you saw that we did that. Go down that immediately. Right. Exactly. So that's 5,500 worth pages worth of stuff that nobody read that gets voted on immediately. You know, you'll have a six page, you know, fit act bill that, uh, that doesn't. Uh, it just depends, uh, you know, on, you know, where, um, you know, the, the sponsor of that bill, uh, where he or she might rank in terms of the authority and, you know, can they bring it to the committee? Can they bring it to the floor? Can they get other um, uh, co-sponsors? Can you get other supporters, the people to, to, to drum up support for that? Because obviously they're going to vote on what they consider the most important things first. And that's what's going to move. Uh, and so that's why it's up to you know, organiz organizations like ours. Um, you know, to to hit, um, you know, the representatives and the senators up on the Hill and say, hey, there's this bill out there. It's been introduced by so-and-so. Um, you know, we'd like to get your support on it because we'd like to move this, this through. And this is why it would be good for, you know, the country. And, you know, that's the educational component of what, you know, lobbyists do. Uh, I know, you know, um, lobbyists tend to have a, 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 a bad reputation. Uh, or a negative connotation, you know, using that term. But that's the, the main focus is, is to educate these lawmakers because they have no idea uh, about all the different issues that are happening all across the country. That's why they rely on their staff. And the staff relies on organizations such as ours to go to them and show them, you know, what the benefits are, how it would, you know, help them, how it would help their constituents and, and you know, and then get that done. So, so that's where it is. If you can build up the support from that, I want you to get a lot of uh, co-sponsors on there. I want you to get a lot of supporters on there. Uh, then it's more likely to, uh, you know, to move forward. So it's just about garnering that support. And, and that's where, you know, we reach out to our members and to our industry and, and encourage them to uh, contact their, their representatives and their senators, because if they're hearing that, you know, from, uh, you know, from their districts, then they're more likely to, to act on it as well. 
Now, this is probably a good time to talk to you about Club Pack and what you guys have put together over the last couple of years. Can you, can you, for folks who don't know what Club Pack is or how they can get involved, can you tell us about that, Henry? Absolutely. So uh, Club Pack is our political action committee, uh, what Pack stands for. And this is the way that any organization, um, any association, uh, you know, has the ability to, um, you know, support our candidates um, that support their issues. Um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing that allows us to use the resources from our members uh, to be able to, again, support the candidates that support things like the FIT Act or support some of the other things that, that, uh, that we're trying to, to move forward. And so we use that to, um, you know, meet with uh, the congressman or the senators, you know, at events, um, you know, dinners usually and have the chance to sit down with them. And so I'd say uh, it's, it's a great tool that, uh, that everybody uses. Uh, you know, we've really ramped up uh, the use of our pack uh, over the last uh, three or four years. It's uh, enabled us to have a stronger voice in Washington, D.C., uh, we are able to, um, you know, attend more uh, events with uh, representatives, with senators. And like I said before, you know, this is the first time uh, you know, the 2020 election cycle. So, you know, uh, last year's election cycle was the first time that we'd ever, you know, given and used PAC money for both Republicans and Democrats. And so that's something that we're very proud of because, um, you know, in order to get something, you know, moved, uh, it, you've got to have support from both sides of the aisle. And so that's, you know, enables us to do that. And and the great thing is that, you know, that money uh, comes to us. It's individual money from, you know, the individual general managers or board members from clubs. It's, it's not a club's money. And so that just really shows the dedication and support that uh, the general managers and, and the leaders in the private club industry have by, uh, you know, by contributing their own personal money to, uh, to our pack. That's fantastic. And if folks want to involved with that, how do they do it, Henry? Uh, well, first, they, uh, they need to be a member. Uh, it's talk about just the typical government uh, um, mess. Uh, the, the club has to be a member of the association. Uh, and then the club has to sign what's called a, a prior authorization form so that we can uh, send them uh, specific information about the pack and, and who we've given to and, and what it's done. And once that form has been signed, then they are able to contribute uh, to that. So it's uh, leave it up to the government to, to not make anything easy at all. Red name. Exactly, exactly. But uh, but we've been able to to work through that. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the associations have to uh, have to do that. And um, but if they're interested, then we do have information on our website about uh, about Club Pack. Um, and then you know, if they're even more interested about it, um, you know, we'd love to have them join. You know, and uh, and I can help them do that and and get them all the information. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So, uh, any other legislation you guys are looking at at the NCA this year? Anything that you're looking forward to here as 2021? Uh, well, it's not even approaching. It's here. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it, it's going to be interesting because, you know, like I said, we're going to be more on the defensive. It's going to be more of a wait and see uh, of what we need to do to to make sure that our, uh, you know, our, our member clubs and, and the industry overall is in the best position that it can be to succeed. Um, and so, you know, I'm just, you know, Interested to see, you know, what happens, you know, what's going to be coming out of the administration, what's going to be coming out of, of the House, what's going to be coming out of the Senate, you know, and, and the House is going to be interesting because it's the smallest majority in, in a very, very long time, you know, by a majority party. Um, and so I think it's like 122 votes to, to 212. And so um, the Democrats only have five, you know, votes. Um, you know, if they lose those five votes, then the Republicans can pass something or, or that. So it's going to be very interesting to see. You know what comes out, um, you know of uh, you know of of the Senate and of the House. 
But I think right now we're going to see more things coming out on a, legis- on a regulatory front uh, from the administration than we are on the legislative front. Fantastic, Henry. Let's talk a, a little bit more broadly. Uh, and by the way, I put up there, if you do want to learn more about Club PAC, um, John Good over at the National Club Association kindly provided the link there. You want to check out more about what Club PAC's all about, please go to that website. But let's talk a little bit more broadly about 2021 outlook for clubs. What are you seeing, Henry? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, if you would ask me this question in, in March of, of 2020, I don't know. It would have been very different than, than what it is now. I think I did um, ask you that question last year, by the way. I think you did. And and I've been absolutely, you know, amazed, um, but then also just so proud of of the industry and, and the resolve that the private club industry had and, and how we've been able to, we as an industry, um, you know, have been able to uh, to not only just weather the storm of, of COVID in 2020, but, but actually, you know, get through it uh, quite well, you know, hearing from managers who said that, you know, they're almost, you know, were able to, to, to make budget uh, because some of the things that they did, um, you know, it, it was tremendous to hear, um, you know, also because the fact that clubs were able to, you know, to pivot so, so quickly, um, you know, this is not an industry that's traditionally uh, done that uh, very well uh, to pivot quickly. And so, and, and so clubs did. So, you know, coming out of, of, out of 2020, where, you know, I think everybody's seen the numbers, uh, you know, overall golf has been up 12%. And I think uh, in, in private clubs, uh, you know, rounds have been up 19%, uh, which was just absolutely wonderful. You know, we were fortunate that, you know, golf was one of the few things that, uh, that could be done, uh, you know, during COVID. Um, again, great weather in fall and, and uh, you know, not too much rain and, and so warm enough to play golf. So, so that worked out very well for clubs. So, so we're heading that, you know, trying to carry that momentum into 2021. Um, the big thing still is going to be COVID, uh, to be honest. You know, I, you want to say, okay, well, we got through it. It's over. But, you know, when, when you're seeing numbers, like, uh, I, I think it's, uh, I think deaths have increased uh, 20%, um, you know, on average over, over the last seven days. We've seen that, you know, cases, you know, have increased as well. Now, so, so you're looking at that and saying, wow, you know, things are going to get worse. You know, could we have a potential shutdown again? You know, again, with the new administration, things are going to be different. You know, are they going to be looking at doing things more on a federal level uh, as opposed to the previous administration, which was, you know, allowing states to do more things? No, but but then you look at, you know, okay, well, you know, vaccine, you know, started December 14th and six since then. Uh, I think it's a four and a half million people have been uh, or have received at least one uh, shot of the of the vaccine. And you know, numbers are projecting around, you know, 100 million um, to be vaccinated, you know, by the summer. So you've, you've got these two very interesting, you know, yeah, deaths and, and cases are, are, are way up, you know, higher than they've ever been. Um, but then you've also sort of got this hope of, okay, the vaccine is there as well. You know, but then you can go into the next, okay, well, is there that other strain, you know, that that you mentioned earlier with the UK, you know, they're, they're having their issues. And, you know, so we just really don't know, um, you know, so, you know, I hope that, yes, the vaccine is going to uh, to take care of, of the worst of this. And, you know, I'm not going to say that we're going to be back to normal uh, anytime soon. I think that's going to be a ways. But I, I think, you know, clubs can, you know, look to that spring to say, okay, you know, their members, you know, are going to be wanting to get back out there when it's going to be warmer again. And, and let's, you know, see what we can do. Yeah, my, my hope is that things, and obviously this is my own, <laughs> Opinion certainly. Um, I'm no no doctor or anything like that, but I really it seems like the trajectory you're on is, is by the time clubs open, let's say April May, when when things start to thaw out up north, 
that's actually going to be a really good time that hopefully the rest of the country really starts to, in some ways, get back to normal. Um, no, you're not a doctor either, Henry. <laughs> okay. Do you think that that's uh, reasonable? Uh, I, I do. I hope so. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, we're also, we're looking at holding our, uh, you know, conference at the, uh, the very end of May uh, down at Ocean Reef Club. Um, and so we're, we're hoping to be able to do that. We know it's not going to be as big as we were uh, planning on it being, you know, uh, in 2020. Um, but we realize that, you know, understand, you know, you're going to have to make accommodations for, for, um, for social distancing and other things. But I, I think that, you know, by that time, yes, it, it, things are going to be better, um, you know, especially with, with the vaccine. Um, again, hopefully people are going to continue to, to take precautions that they need to be and, and the, the numbers will be, be much lower. So I, I think, you know, that spring, that, that April, May and, uh, you know, it's going to be the time that, you know, clubs can see, you know, the, the you know, again, the, this huge resurgence, um, you know, of their members coming out. But, you know, there's there's going to be some things that they can do, you know, before that, um, you know, as well. Right. So uh, what should be the what should be the focus of clubs here near term then? Uh, I know we saw a lot of virtual events and things happening uh, over this the summertime. I think we'll see more of that. What, what should clubs really be focusing on for their members? Uh, I think first and for, foremost, being that safe haven, um, you know, which I think clubs have done a very good job uh, of, of doing. And I think that's one reason why members feel comfortable going to the club as opposed to a restaurant or a hotel, uh, because, you know, they they know the fellow members at the club, you know, and they know that the club is is looking out for their best interests and they're going to do everything they can to make sure that it is that safe haven, you know, taking every precaution possible and, you know, with uh, the cleanliness and everything else. So clubs should continue to do that, especially now because, you know, there's, there's not as many things that can be outside, you know, more things need to be inside if, you know, places you know, can have things inside, um, you know, they, they need to make sure that they do that. So I, I think that's, you know, first and foremost, what a club needs to do, but yes, continue on, you know, those virtual events, um, you know, we just conducted, uh, or just sent to press our, our, uh, club trends outlook, uh, 2021 issue. Um, you know, and we asked them there and, and 90% of uh, clubs said that they'll continue to do virtual events, uh, which I think is wonderful because this is, you know, enable clubs to find a new way to engage their members, right. and, you know, and that's what it's all about. And I think that's the, the, the key as well is, you know, clubs getting back to member engagement, you know, right. the whole reason that that club was, uh, you know, was started was so that the members could interact with each other and, uh, and do that. And so, you know, it's, it's been, you know, a tough way to maybe learn a lesson, you know, for some clubs to say, okay, we need to focus on, you know, on the members. Maybe not so much the outings and meetings and events and this, you know the, these non-member dues, but maybe more focus on you know non-dues revenue coming from dues-paying members. You know they're using the club more, they're eating more, they're playing more golf. You know whatever it might be, um, and I think that this really is is a great opportunity you know, for clubs you know moving forward, um, and then you know. Eventually and ideally, that's also going to help their their financial strength and their financial position because the, the clubs that we've seen, you know, that have done well, you know, through 2020 are ones that were that were more dues dependent. You know, they weren't dependent on those events, and so because of that, they were in a better position. They were still continuing to get those dues in, and they were still able to to operate, um, you know, at a level that you know provided their members with, uh, um, you know, with resources, um, you know, and tools necessary to to engage them. Yeah. I think you're you're right on there, and I know in the past the NC has really cautioned clubs that um, they can get into more sticky things when you're when you're talking about a big piece of your revenue coming from outside of the club membership. So it's actually been nice to see clubs really putting more focus on their existing members, uh, investing in 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 programs and 
and things specifically for the members. So, you know, maybe that's a, one of the good things that happens in, in one of these pandemics <laughs> is, is some of the shifts have, have, have really fitted um, our clubs and, and helped them reposition themselves. So I think that's fantastic. Any other uh, predictions or anything else that you'd like to see happen in 2021? Um, I mean, I think it's, you know, it, it's still going to be a great opportunity for clubs because, you know, members aren't going to be traveling. Um, we at least anticipate not to the numbers. I just, you know, read a story about the Reagan Airport here in D.C. They're probably not going to get up to their pre-COVID um, number of travelers until 2022, maybe 2023. Wow. You know, so... People aren't going to be traveling, so they're again they're going to be looking to that club, you know, as their refuge, you know, as their place. Where can we go? Where can we take the family? What can we do? Um, so I just think you know these are great opportunities for clubs to to really engage their members. Um, you know, we're even looking at you know clubs um, are saying, okay, well, we're going to put in some you know work from home spaces, you know, at the club. Right. We're seeing that more so on, on the city club side than the than the country club, but even country clubs are looking at doing that because you know like. You know, I'm working from home right now. And, you know, it's, it could be a very common thing, uh, but people are not going to want to work from home all the time. They're going to want to get out and do something else. So if they've got an opportunity to go work at the office for, you know, one, two, six, you know, eight hours, whatever it might be, you know, they might, you know, do that because then also they can, you know, play golf or work out or eat or do whatever else and just gives them a, a different uh, environment. And so we're seeing a lot of clubs that are, are doing that. And again, you know, renting of these office spaces at the club, you know, again, that's an opportunity for, non-dues revenue coming in, you know, from your members and engaging your members. So, you know, clubs being creative and, and doing things such as that um, or, uh, you know, what we see, um, you know, coming down the pike in, in 2021. And, you know, and it, it never amazes me to see, you know, what one club come up with and, and how they do it. And, and then more importantly, how it's received by the members. And it's just, you know, it, it's just been wonderful. And, and it has given, you know, clubs an opportunity to, to really reconnect with their members. Um, you know, cause we're all going through this and, you know, members are, you know, they, they want the best, you know, for the club, but they also, you know, understand, you know, what the best that the club can do in a situation like this. And that's where they, uh, you know, they're really appreciating, you know, uh, being a part of a club and, and being engaged with it. Yep. And you guys, this is a great job in 2020, at least of, of keeping everyone up to date on what was happening. Um, so we want to just want to thank you and the, and the effort you and the team, um, Cindy, John, everyone over at the NCA did this year to to make sure that clubs had access to information um, that was really vital. And I assume you continue to do that in 2021, Henry? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's one of those things where uh, that was great what we did in 2020. What are we going to do in 2021? But <laughs> <laughs> what have you done for me lately, Henry? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited, you know, with the team that we've got in place. Like you talk about communications with Cindy and, and, and Denise and, and Phil. Uh, doing an amazing job, and John uh, as well, and, and then Joe with Argon Relations and, and Katina, you know, who's in charge of membership and sales, and done an amazing job. I and mean, we've seen, you know, incredible growth in, in our own membership over the last, uh, you know, four months. Uh, I think people are, you know, understanding more about NCA and what we offer and what we can do. And uh, yeah, we're continuing to do that. Uh, we're in the process of launching a brand new website uh, that should be going out to, uh, uh, it's live now, but we'll be sending information out to our members. Uh, about how to log on for that. And every single one of our, you know, publications or piece of information is now housed on that website in the library that's searchable by a very robust search engine. Anything that they would need in terms of, you know, club governance or trends or insight or, you know, anything, you know, that's on our website. Uh, soon after that, we're going to be launching our app uh, that we're going to be doing. So people will be able to get our information, you know, in, from anywhere, anytime through a couple of different means. 
Uh, I know Joe's going to be busy with government relations. So we're going to have a lot more uh, coming out on that. Um, and then, you know, we're excited about our conference uh, that we look to have in uh, at the end of May. Uh, and so, um, you know, a lot, a lot more great things coming, but more importantly, just making sure that uh, that the, the uh, legislative and, and regulatory environments uh, in which clubs have to operate is one that uh, we can make as as as, pos- as positive as possible. You guys do some incredible work. I, I know I sat on the communications committee last year and just to see everything that goes into it, the topic planning and what there's like five publications now, like terms of magazines, plus you guys have <laughs> email blasts. Um, you're doing all sorts of tasks um, like you're doing a lot of live, um, live events. Uh, it's just amazing the amount of um, comes out of your team. So it just off to you guys and what you guys have been doing out there in DC for the club industry. Uh, if folks haven't already, um, I'd be scratching my head is why you haven't already. But if you haven't joined the National Club Association uh, as as a club on behalf of your club, go to nationalclub.org, find out more uh, and get involved because uh, these guys are doing incredible work for us. Henry, any any parting shots? I know you got the Villanova uh, logo behind you. Uh, any parting shots for us here? Uh, I just I, I wish everyone you know a, a safe and, and healthy 2021. I think uh, you know it, it can be a very positive one, you know, for the private club industry, but you know for for the country overall. I'm looking forward to that, um, you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to to learning more, you know, from the clubs. That that was probably one of the most interesting and amazing things to me is everything yeah, that I learned. From our members last year about, you know, how they needed to react, how they needed to act, what they were going through, um, you know, and then also more importantly, what could we do to, you know, help them? What information do they need from us? You know, how can we, um, you know, provide that to them? And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to that and, um, you know, and talk about, you know, my staff, you know, John Good was right on top of it. He just posted the, our, our website and the conference websites if people want to click on that. So, uh, again, shows you what a great, uh, great team we have uh, here at at NCA, and you know, and, and again, I uh, I echo you. I, I scratch my head too as to why people wouldn't want to join us, but obviously I, I'm biased. But you know, I invite anybody and everybody to uh, to to reach out to us and and see how we can help them, uh, help their club, and help their board uh, to a much more successful, uh, you know, 2021 and and in the future. I have to think that a lot of people didn't spend their education money in 2020. Maybe extra dollars this year, absolutely invest in in in, in going to the National Club Conference. Uh, we nationalclubconference.com, I believe, right? Uh, org rather dot org nationalclubconference.org. Right. Um, that's going to be happening here in Florida, uh, in Ocean Reef in May. Take a look at the website there to get more details. Always a great lineup of speakers. So if you've got a few extra dollars in that education. What a way to spend it. Um, but Henry, I appreciate your time, man. We, we talked about going 20 minutes and we, we all of a sudden went 40 minutes. <laughs> Easy when you're having fun, I guess. But I, it, I, it is. And that's probably my fault. I'll take the blame on that one. <laughs> I think everyone enjoyed it. Um, and if, you, if you weren't able to see this live uh, or catch the entire live stream, you can always go back. These, these will be provided for you, the recordings, as well as the podcast on privateclubradio.com. So Henry, I wish you an incredible 2021 to you and the team. I can't wait to have you guys back on. I think we'll get uh, Joe on next from the NCA. All right. Sounds good, game. Thanks so much. Best of luck with all of this. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.